Welcome to the latest podcast from the Lancet Oncology. I'm Richard Lane. In this podcast, we are discussing a policy review published in the July 2016 issue of the journal. This concerns breast and cervical cancer prevention efforts in Japan, amid concerns that Japan, a country rightly heralded for its developed health system and the provision of universal health coverage to its citizens, is not doing enough in terms of secondary prevention, in other words, in its national screening programs, to prevent these common forms of cancer. I'm very happy to be joined by two of the authors of the policy review, Catherine Sauvager, who is on the line from Lyon in France, and Rio Kono, who is on the line from Tokyo in Japan. Here they are, introducing themselves. Hello, I'm Catherine Sauvager. I'm from IARC in Lyon, and I'm a medical doctor and epidemiologist. Hi, I'm Professor Rio Kono from Jichi Medical University of Saito Medical Center. I'm a gynecology oncologist and my major is cervical cancer screen and also HP vaccination in Japan. Catherine Sauvage, if we could start with you, could you outline some possible reasons why there's low participation in screening programs for breast and cervical cancer screening in Japan? Well, there are several reasons for low participation rates for breast and cervical cancer screening. The first reason is the low awareness in Japanese women about the importance of early detection for cancer. Participation should be encouraged by healthcare providers, especially by general practitioners and gynecologists who have an important role to play in terms of health education. The second reason is when a woman is employee, it is often difficult for her to take annual leave for screening. There is indeed basic healthcare checks required by the employees but these checks do not include breast and cervical cancer screening. The third reason is when a woman is retired or housewife and she's covered by the national health insurance system run by municipalities. There are disparities between municipalities. Some municipalities are very active in terms of health promotion and cancer control, while some are not. For instance, some prefectures report participation rates of 55% for breast and cervical cancer screening. These rates show the efforts made in improving accessibility to screening. In a recent survey, working and non-working women gave the main reasons for non-participation for cancer screening. The first reason was the lack of time. The second reason was that they were scared to be diagnosed with cancer. The third reason was the cost of screening. And the fourth reason, main reason was that they did not feel the need to be screened because they felt healthy. These are the possible reasons for low participation rates. Thank you very much, Catherine. Rio, turning to you in Tokyo. So let's talk more specifically about the Japanese situation. What happened, correct me if I'm wrong, is that the Japanese Ministry of Health, they withdrew its recommendation back in 2013 for the use of HP vaccination in young girls. Why was that? Let me explain the background of HPV vaccination program and its crisis in Japan. On March 2013, just before the start of national immunization program, made a report without any medical proof that some girls had suffered from severe chronic regional pain after HPV vaccination. 
This report was based on information from an anti-HPV vaccine group calling itself Vaccine Victims. A politician who is the Secretary General of the Office of Anti-HPV Vaccination put those so-called victim girls suffering pain in the forefront of the TV cameras. Very sensational video clips were frequently repeated on TV news and internet website by victim groups. On 13th June 2013, WHO Global Advisory Committee on Vaccine Safety released the safety statement reassuring on the safety profile. On the other hand, next day, on 14th June 2013, the Japanese government decided to withdraw its own recommendation. The Ministry of Health did not correct those false claims reported in the media because Ministry of Health did not have sufficient data to assess the causality of adverse events from the HPV vaccine. Actually, the Japanese Ministry of Health does not have the first national vaccination registry. The second background incident rates of potential adverse events prior to vaccine programs. In general, it is never appropriate to discontinue the immunization program while awaiting the completion of the investigation. But Japan discontinued the immunization before completion of investigation, making now investigation adverse events following immunization very difficult. Moreover, there is serious confusion of medical and legal terms. The Ministry of Health uses only the phrase side effect or side reaction at the adverse events. All of the adverse events are called side reaction or side effects in Japanese language everywhere. Ministry of Health did not communicate whether the side reaction was with causality or coincidental adverse event without causality. Minister of Health only said, girls can be vaccinated if parents understand well the efficacy and risk of the vaccine. Local governments could not actively promote the recommendation. Health professionals were so confused. Consequently, coverage of vaccine fall down from 70% to only 1%. 20th, July 2014, the committee concluded that there was no evidence to suggest a causal link between chronic pain and the HPV vaccine. The committee concluded that the patients were suffering from functional somatic disorder caused by a psychosomatic reaction, so-called conversion disorder. Yet, Minister of Health could not provide a sufficient communication. There is no spokesperson for risk communication. Of note, sensational media reports were the only sources to the public and health professionals for more than three years about suspected causality between HPV vaccine and pain syndrome. Ministry of Health always takes care of the victim's emotion. Never mind to keep trust public health, our aim of HPV vaccination is reduced to 
future cervical cancer patients. Having reviewed a large number of safety-related data by experts, both WHO, FIGO, International Papillomavirus Society, and the European Medicines Agency, concluded that benefits of HPV vaccine outweigh the risks. Additionally, in Japan, 17 relevant academic societies issued supportive view of the proactive recommendation of HPV vaccination. This suspension affected negatively not only in Japan, but also worldwide. Very few newspapers reported in Japan briefed those international and national statements, and TV news ignored them, but reported lawsuits by the victims against vaccine companies and the government. However, Ministry of Health still cannot decide to resume of HPV vaccination based on scientific evidence. It is no longer medical, but emotional-based policy. There are lessons from the issue in Japan. Vaccine programs should be governed by a scientific evidence-based policy. Strategy need to be timely and require transparency. Epidemiological surveillance of the background rates a potential adverse event is critical to accurately assess causality. Finally, I'd like to report that at the Eurogen Congress last week in Salzburg, more than 300 colleagues from many countries agreed to sign a petition to the Japanese government for supporting the immediate reinstitution of HPV vaccination in Japan. Thank you very much for that detail, Ria. That's important. Can we just go back to, if you like, the Japanese system? Because you have a an insurance-based system, don't you? And the National Cancer Plan. How are the structures in Japan potentially an obstacle or a difficulty for screening and vaccine uptake to, to take place? Ria, let's start with you, followed by Catherine. At first... There is no linkage between health insurance system and cancer control plan. And if I may continue, there are two health insurance systems in Japan, depending whether the woman is working for a company or not. If she's working in a company, she's covered by the social insurance system, which provides generally very small benefit for breast and cervical cancer screening. If the woman is retired or housewife or self-employee, she's covered by the national health insurance system that is delivered by the local government, by the municipalities. Some municipalities are very active in promoting cancer screening, in establishing a core recall system, in providing quality assurance and easy access to the screening facilities. But this is not the case everywhere, and we observe large disparities between municipalities in terms of participation rates or process measures. Factors that discourage participation include lack of time for medical visits, companies do not encourage employees to be screened. Second is the cost of screening, not the screening organized by municipalities, which is often at low cost, but screening performed in comprehensive health checkup or opportunistic screening. And third is a low accessibility to screening facilities. There are limited opening hours or opening days. Thank you, Catherine. And Rio, can you just clarify what the situation is concerning HPV vaccination for Japanese schoolgirls? 
did that start but has as a result of what you've just said stop yeah actually the hpv vaccination is stopped the minister of health said that girls can be vaccinated if they would like to be vaccination vaccinated but uh, all of the mass media and all of the regional governments do not recommend the hpv vaccination so Almost all of the vaccination in school girls is actually stopped. Just now, 21 years old and 20 years old women get to the uh, age of cervical cancer screening in Japan at very, very early effectiveness of HPV vaccination is appeared in this year or next year. That is important. And clearly, if the situation is a voluntary scheme where people can choose whether to join vaccination or not in the environment of a public health scare because of the media coverage that you've just described. School-aged children are most likely to not have vaccination if there is a scare going on about the vaccine. That's what you're saying. Yes. Let's look to the future. Catherine, how do you envisage the instance of breast and cervical cancer changing? Would it be possible to make predictions about instance in, in populations like Japan, for example? We have huge concerns for cervical cancer incidence, which is likely to increase, especially among women in the premenopause age group. Since the mid-90s, we observe an increase in the incidence rate of 4% every year. Currently, cervical cancer primary prevention through HP vaccination is not actively promoted, as we discussed before. A simulation by Dr. Ueda and colleagues in this issue of the Lancet Oncology shows that if the vaccination restarts in 2020, women born between 2000 and 2003 will have a three-fold increased risk of HPV 16-18 infection as compared to the current risk. Moreover, the incidence of cervical cancer is likely to increase because of behavioral changes in the Japanese. Age of sexual debut is getting younger. Smoking is getting more prevalent in young Japanese women. Participation to screening is low among those aged less than 44 years old. As for breast cancer, if the breast cancer control is not successful, our concern is that mortality from breast cancer will increase. We are more concerned about mortality from breast cancer. This is already observed with 2% increased mortality every year, and this increase is likely to persist. Rio, any concluding remarks from you? I'd like to restart HPV vaccination in Japan, and so many, many Japanese women should be avoid to suffering from cervical cancer and HPV-related cancer also in men. This is very important discussion. It's a, clearly a very alarming situation in Japan. But in the meantime, Catherine Sauvage in Lyon in France, Rio Connor in Tokyo in Japan. Thank you both very much for joining me to discuss this issue. Thank you very much for your participation. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, Richard. Arigato. Many thanks for listening. See you next time.